0: Jurassic Park 3 Minute, we'll be discussing the second Jurassic Park sequel, one minute of time. I'm Brad. And Dave. And today we're here to end out the week with Minute 54 of Jurassic Park 3, but before we get to that, David, we were going to save all the news for uh, Jurassic Minutes each month, but there's one little news story that hit this week, mm-hmm. and uh, we couldn't skip it. Lego has finally uh, stepped, dip their toe back in the Jurassic Park mm-hmm. line, and uh, we're getting a nice big custom, or nice big Tyrannosaur and the Jurassic Park gates. Yep.
1: They're supposed to be, like, really big, and uh, judging by the size they've got with the scale here with the minifigures, it's going to be, I don't know, the gate's probably at least uh, over a foot tall. Um, Yeah, it says... And the T-Rex is supposed to be, like, 27 inches long. Wow. (laughs) And it's fully articulated as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, just looking at the gates um, first off before we get to the Rex itself... It, I didn't realise until I see more photos the fact that it's, um, a lot of, there's been some fans complaining and praising the fact that you turn around, it's got sort of like a dollhouse set up at the back where you got separate mm-hmm. levels with uh, different themes you got the control room, and this leads into the minifigs that come with it as well control room with a minifig of Arnold, which is fantastic um, Nedry, and the computers and um, so you've got a little knit minifig of Nedru as well. There's a toilet there, but sadly no Gennaro,
1: which is uh,
0: a shame. Um, yeah,
1: kind of a missed opportunity there, to be honest.
0: Yep. Uh, we also get a Hammond, an Ellie, and a Grant minifig as well, So, and a Malcolm, which fills out the 93 cast pretty well when it comes to <laughs> minifigs.
1: Yeah, the T-Rex itself uh, is... oh well, before we get to the T-Rex, the gate, it's actually really, really cool, because... I think the idea to include all these kind of mini uh, scenes in the gate was actually really clever. I kind of wish, though, that the gate was shaped a little bit more like the original gate and didn't kind of look like a um, mix between the Jurassic World gate and the um, Jurassic Park gate in the way that it's, that kinda, it's sloped. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's a lot then, wider at the base than what um, oh, yeah. the original Jurassic Park gates were.
1: Yeah, the, um, the Jurassic World gate kind of angled and curved upwards, where, whereas the original gate just had like a trapezoidal straight angle down. Yeah. And I think yep. they I think they probably could have designed that part better. But other than that, it looks really good. I mean, they got like tons of great little details. They got all the little uh, flames around it. They got what looks like a uh, sticker that you add onto the name plate at the top and something really clever is they have tire tracks going on either side of the um, electronic rail and that goes through the middle of the door
0: yeah yep yeah good little details like that also it was, it's sort of the last set they'd done the uh the velociraptor chase it had the sort of the kitchen the control room and the hatchery all mm-hmm. merged into one it's like right, we discussed when that came out and when i finally got it and put it together just how they're only sort of dipping their toe into Jurassic Park, um, Lego that way, not Jurassic World stuff, and merging a couple of different scenes into one is probably the better way for them to go. Yeah. Probably have more sales in here. Mm-hmm. Again, while you've got the gates, you've still got that bit of playability in the back with the separate locations um, mm-hmm. without having a visitor center to put some of this stuff in. But, but um, the big girl herself, the Trenosaur.
1: Oh, I was, uh, before we got to the transfer, I was oh, going to mention yep.
0: one thing about the
1: uh, Hammond minifigure is that it's got a. If you look at it, if you zoom in on the face, it's got a gap in the teeth, which is really clever because that was something that Richard Attenborough was kind of noted for in his face when his, fa- his facial features was this large gap in, the, in between his front teeth. And I, thought, I just thought that was like a really interesting feature because, I mean. You don't really see that level of detail in most places.
0: Well, a lot of a lot of minifigs, their heads are pretty interchangeable. Like um, mm-hmm. Owen's, Owen's head's been reused on a lot of the um, the AC, AC, ACU, yeah, ACU troops and stuff like that across the sets, and you do get a lot of that um, reused <laughs> reused face sculpts and that on them. And here's something that seems to be pretty unique. I can't recall any other Lego sets having a, a character with the um, the gapped front teeth like that, so. Yeah, good little, good little bit of detail looking back at the original film and the character that's portraying.
1: Yeah, the as you were saying, the T Rex herself. Uh, I was gonna ask, we haven't really talked. I haven't really talked to you about your opinion on the design of it.
0: It's different, I think, um, because of the size. I I wouldn't, and the price being two hundred and fifty dollars set U.S. I wouldn't have, um, I wouldn't have taken just an upscaled version of the like the molded plastic. Tyrannosaur we got for the T-Rex breakout and or the T-Rex caption that sort of thing, as cool as a big mould Rex like that would be the Rex itself I do like how you got that little bit of a colour through it you got the browns on the back and then the creams as it goes down a bit lower but it's a, it's a weird looking Rex, I'd, I'd thought it looked a lot like some customs we've seen over the years um, that people have done with the T-Rex breakout and the Explorers and that but it is articulated as you said but it's sort of I still reckon it's hard to do an animal in Lego without having molded plastic already. <laughs> mm. Just having the pieces.
1: My really my only com- my biggest complaints about it are the color. I think the brown definitely could have come come down on the design more so that the the kind of tan was more as part of the underbelly instead of along the sides and the yeah. face and all that. But another thing is that the head design was was like really generic, and the face in a way almost looks like they designed it with like repacking in mind. Like they're going to re like they they could re-release the design as a different, uh, un- as unlicensed, uh, you know? Mm. And it's just kind of bugs me about it because the face just does not look Jurassic Park T-Rex at all. You
0: know? Yeah. I wonder again, if that's just the fact they've got to use blocks and you can only use so many blocks and so many ways to get, one a Triceratops head or one animal head looking like that, and you're not going to have the the minute details that you would between the the crash T Rex and a more generic Rex mm-hmm. as well.
1: But, it's still, um, but at the same time, as somebody who's like was an avid avid dresser, or avid uh, Lego person when he was a kid, the, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the way that they did the face. I'm thinking. I'm already thinking ways that I could fix it. You know. yeah just making it look more like the jurassic park t-rex and and i'm just thinking like ways i could add the um kind of the horned brow and the bumps on the snout and all that kind of stuff you know
0: Hmm. even so looking at the tail and the the side of the belly and that most of those cream pieces are all fairly large single pieces maybe Mm -hmm. even just getting on the bricklink and getting that that brown, just to continue the brown down.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I think they could have definitely uh, added more brown coloration to this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But just looking at the two as they sort of complement each other, I'm I'm all in for this for the Gates themselves. I um, <laughs> Yesterday, my local target's having a clearance on their fresh and fro T-Rex, so I picked up a second one. <laughs> I didn't get all five. <laughs> but um, I'd, I'd be more than happy to have Either that or the Super Colossal, whichever one um, scales better with these Lego gates and not have this Tyrannosaur at all. Because, <laughs> yeah, having, having a Lego T-Rex... It, it...
1: I mean, I won't deny it looks cool, mm. but in the, in the in the same vein, it looks very generic. I mean, the design itself is very well done, but the design doesn't exactly speak Jurassic Park to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's one thing to consider too. When, as you're saying before, but having having it being reused for other sets or something non Jurassic related. That's that's one big in, in, thing in toy making and toy design. If they can engineer something and be able to reuse it again without engineering too much more on it, they'll they'll do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You see that a lot of time with action figures and and that.
1: And actually, I found an article here on the Brothers Brick there where they do doing an interview uh talking to the guy that designed it, Mark Stafford. And it's interesting because you can see next to the um next to the actually finished design images of not images, but they have it they kinda of side by side the prototype and then the final and the prototype gate actually has more of that kind of angled straight angled um look. To it than the yeah. final does.
0: Yeah, it yeah. certainly does. But the the Tyrannosaur looks a little bit worse too.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. And another uh, one, couple more things to say about this is it is a believe I believe a Lego, Lego store exclusive. Oh no.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. And um, it's the two hundred fifty price point is I think Lego prices per piece. So that ex- that explains the um, high price point because it has over three thousand pieces.
0: Mm. Big set. Yeah, on um, coming to st- coming to the store on July first, it seems for those that aren't Lego VIPs. So this might be one that's going to be a bit hard to get. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Um, I'm. I'd imagine you could probably find it on the Lego store online. I think they have a lot of the, their exclusives, Lego store exclusives on their site as well. But the shipping, I could imagine would up. That would up the cost.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
1: I remember. Um. I remember when I was a kid, my parents got me for Christmas the Star Destroyer, the Ultimate Collector Series Star. Oh. Sh- And the thing was like five thousand pieces, and came in a box that was I could probably have laid in it. (laughs) And I I finished the thing in like two weeks, which was, yeah, which was like a week quicker than they than the average, I think. But the the it was just it was so big I um I I almost broke it a couple times trying to just put it together. Yeah, the shipping costs on that thing because what my parents did was when I – I was 12 at the time and my parents had um, kind of – when I wasn't paying attention, we went to Disney World for my little cousin's fifth birthday and at some point at the Lego part, I, they must have purchased it and had them ship it back to our house. Yeah. And I don't even want to know what the shipping must have cost <laughs> <laughs> from Florida to – um.
0: Illinois. Wow. Well, you get a lot of people that attend like the comic cons and that over there and Mm -hmm. instead of buying stuff and having it go home on the plane with them, they'll try and ship it all, (laughs) ship it all home from there as well.
1: They do offer that a lot, which, 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 uh, when I was doing celebration at Chicago, when they did the star Wars celebration last April, I was grateful (laughs) that I live close by and I could get everything home on the train yeah.
0: yeah, well, that, that'd be a lot, a lot better than flying. know
1: what this is?
0: Yeah, it's a raptor, claw. used to have one. fossil. Mine is new. Uh, over at Jurassic Dashpedia. It's about time we brought this up since we got the Spinosaur arriving back on the scene here. We have a fantastic mm-hmm. article by yourself on the uh, of the Spinosaur. Um, <laughs> Recently mm-hmm. updated to include the uh, DPG 1999 creation of the animal that uh, was on the marketing, and um, some of the animals' facts, and uh, where we sort of see it attacking it across the island.
1: Yeah, yeah This uh, this was part of a campaign I did to to, um, to create articles. We did a number of articles, uh, including uh, the four T Rex we see, the Jurassic Park T Rex, the big one, uh, the Worker Village Raptors. Friar Tuck, the Pachycephalosaurus, Elvis, the Parasaurolophus, a couple other and a couple others, just to kind of round out the encyclopedia with some dinosaur characters. Mm-hmm. And this one, uh, I decided, I I did a couple of them myself, and some of the other ones, some of the other people did some of the other ones, and so um, this one was about the the Spinosaurus dinosaur, the individual, not the species.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's 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 always, or well, for a long time, been described as sort of the villain and the slasher of the film. Um, yeah. and sort of animals we see before, just through its um its uh, aggression and ruthlessness to chase down these humans and eat them. But I suppose you could sort of counter that because really, it attacking the plane to start with. Well, the plane ran into it, so it's <laughs> hey, you you hurt me, so I'm going to eat you, and then. We don't see it again until this minute, where it just suddenly turns back up. And I suppose we can talk about that when we get there, whether or not it was tracking the humans or whether we've just sort of come back into its territory again. Mm-hmm. And as we sort of said last minute, the, the fence here that we come across might be built specifically to try and keep this animal in, and we're just in its sort of in its territory and where it lives. But but yeah, fantastic article here. Uh, also has the, uh, the mention that we got from Colin, unfortunately, about the uh, Spinosaur skeleton being on Main Street. How you know, The uh, the poor animal ended up, ended its life <laughs> being on display <laughs> on Nublar as a uh, sight gag for the Tyrannosaur when it attacks. But yeah, head over to jurassic com and check out this article on the Spinosaurus and uh, some of the other animals there as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got the... Um, in this article alone, we also have the uh, spinosaurus, I mean, I'm sorry, the male T-Rex that the Spinosaurus takes down,
0: mm. linked. Yep. I suppose one question too, or one sort of thing, in here it's, um, you describe as the, uh, not knowing what the sex an animal is. Mm-hmm. With the amount of red on it, could that possibly lead to it being a male? Just because we get to see similar reds on the raptors and that the brachiosaur later
1: it um, could but i mean just in the name of ah, uh, just in the kind of in the name of
0: not speculating <laughs>
1: spe- uh, yeah not assuming where we i just put it down as we don't know
0: yeah yeah because we don't we don't all right yeah so head over to dot pediacom and uh check out the article on the spinosaurus and uh many others Mm-hmm. All right, Dave, ready to get into 54? Yep. As we're in a minute 53 of Jurassic Park 3, the two groups had come together at either side of a massive fence. Grant had taken a step back, looking up at the fence, saying, we need to find a gap here. And Paul had asked Eric, how do you know we're here? As we open on minute 54, Eric says, this phone, the stupid jingle from the store, I heard it. Paul replies, my phone? I don't have it man asks Paul when did he use it last and Paul has to think for a moment On the plane I got a call on the plane and he suddenly realises I lent it to Nash He must have had it when he At the 17 second mark before Paul can say anything else we suddenly hear the ringtone of the satellite phone echoing through the jungle We zoom in on the group as they slowly turn towards the source of the sound as we cut to the Spinosaur at the edge of the jungle looking down at them at the 29 second mark, as the music intensifies, Grant doesn't look away from the animal and whispers out the corner of his mouth, run. Eric and Grant start sprinting down the section of the fence, with the Spinosaur quickly catching. At the 40 second mark, Eric finds a hole in the fence and leaps through, Grant following, just as the Spinosaur lunges forward and snaps at their heels. At the 46 second mark, the Spinosaur roars in defeat as we get a shot of the survivors now running together Towards a small building, but they stop and look back, as the Spinosaur turns away from the fence. At the 52-second mark, Paul and Amanda realize they stand next to Eric and start looking over him. Grant puts his hands on his knees, exhausted, and Billy pats him on the back with a smile. But as the minute ends, we cut back to the fence as the Spinosaur roars and crashes forward through the fence, sending pieces everywhere. We cut back to the group of people as they turn and sprint for the building at the top of the canyon. Uh, as we open on 54, Paul asks Eric had, you know, we're here, and Eric sort of laughs and says, "This the phone, that stupid jingle from the store, I heard it. And we sort of get this look on Paul's face from enjoyment of finding his son to absolute dread. Uh, he says, my phone, I don't have it. And Amanda asks, where did you use it last? And... Paul thinks back for a moment and I uh, got a call on the plane and we get that ominous music start to pick up and Paul hesitates and Amanda catches it and says, what? And Paul replies, I loaned it to Nash. He must have had it when he... And then we get didn't, the phone tone. <laughs> <laughs> which not only, not only is the Spinosaur a, a ghost or a perfect Scooby villain, but it also has the ability to project that phone ringing at the right time.
1: Well, it probably just had his mouth open.
0: yeah. Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the um this is another kind of Spielberg moment that we get in this movie is the phone, which is kind of the yellow barrels of the this movie. Instead of you know having Jaws they hook three yellow barrels to The shark, and that's was kind of it was kind of the mixture of the fin and the barrels that let you know every time when the shark was around. And in this movie, not only is the signifier also yellow, but it kind of it's basically signifies whenever the animal is around,
0: you know? Yeah, we get something similar in Jurassic Park and the Lost World with the uh, Tyrannosaur footsteps,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: whenever, whenever. We know there's an action sequence coming up. You hear those footsteps coming apart from the uh, rotunda scene at the end of the film. But um, just like the, uh, the Nublar Rex, the uh, Spinosaur here is uh, a mystic in arts and magic and can Dr. Strange himself into any location because <laughs> we get that ominous music pick up and the phones continue to ring and we got to sort of zoom in on the group as they look back towards the tree line and here's a Spinosaur sitting there with his uh, mouth open a little bit. And, uh, breathing heavily, just watching him, hell-bent on eating him.
1: <laughs> and, yeah, it, it, this is what we mean by the animal you know, kind of being the slasher of the franchise. Just because it doesn't really act like an animal, it acts more like Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Where he just stands there waiting for you to notice him and then attacks.
0: Yep. Yeah, and that's it, like, as we said last minute, both the script and the novel, um, it's it's pretty much announced when the animal's coming. You can hear it crashing through the trees, or you can see the sail moving above some lower trees. But um, it's sort of you you put the question forward as to why it's hesitating and not just running straight up on them. Maybe it's been a little while since it's been near this fence and remembers remembers the pain of getting shocked or something from it, or mm. or maybe even they're standing here pretty still too. Maybe it's, mm-hmm. it's got some of those same issues that the Triceratops has.
1: Now, that's something I hadn't considered, but you could be right. It could have that visual acuity thing. But then again, in um, the movies, T-Rex was the only animal that had that it doesn't see you if you can't move. Grant kind of sets that up at the beginning of the, mo- of the first movie where he says you may think that velociraptors like the T-Rex, it'll lose you if you don't move. Mm, and yeah, so, in the movies, it's kind of something unique to the Tyrannosaurus that he can't see you if you don't move. Whereas, in the novel, I think it originated from the frog DNA, and even the hadrosaurs ha- kind of had the same thing going on.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah. And that yeah, and that's the thing too. They wanted to make this animal to be bigger and meaner and better than T Rex. Well, you can't give it the same weakness. Like <laughs> That's sort of odd here that it's just magically turned up again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because <laughs> we sort of, we didn't, we last time we seen it was uh, was after after the fight, and they sort of run run through the thick trees, and it roars, and I think. I've got to remember now. When did we last see it?
1: Uh, we um, last saw it taking down the T-Rex.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, uh, crouched over its kill and roaring to the camera.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So whether it spent time there eating its prize or went off um looking somewhere else, I don't I don't think it's been fine. we have we have travelled a fair way now from where, where that sort of happened. We've we've gone down into the valley to the lab and then presumably down that valley further away from the lab. hmm Sort of heading I heading towards those canyons in the centre of the island. Mm-hmm. Um, Another reason why they might not have encountered those
1: Spinosaurus up until now is because they were previously in raptor territory. Mm. And I recall in the novel that even the Tyrannosaurus was terrified of the raptors and hauled ass through their territory. It did not like being around the raptors or the Carnotaurus.
0: Yeah, and well, even I mean, the Carnotaurus, for a fact, wouldn't, um, the raptors wouldn't come yeah. into the worker village at nighttime time because that was the Carnotaurus's mm-hmm. Um,
1: but at the day the kind of the kind of tourists kind of hauled ass and this raptors and the territory changed
0: hmm yep but we uh we slowly get that zoom in on Grant's face and he just speaks softly <laughs> run <laughs> which whether them running is what uh, causes it to give chase but um, they all bolt and Eric and Grant are on the wrong side of the fence as uh, Spinosaur starts to bear down on them and we get a couple of shots of everyone running along the fence and the Spinosaur is almost in striking range. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, the two we see a hole in the fence, and Eric and Grant quickly leap through it just as the Spinosaur lunges forward and pokes its snout through the hole, snapping at, a, <laughs> snapping at Grant's heels, which, again, one of the little jump jump scares of it sort of nearly getting him. But the group sort of runs, or the, yeah, they sort of run and group up as the Spinosaur roars in frustration. Mm-hmm. Behind him, they can see, or we can see, a very drastic looking building. Um, yeah.
1: And this building is something uh, that we actually get to see as a set piece. But before that, we, um, as the Spinosaurus is chasing them, the camera pulls back and we get a further view of the, uh, of the whole fence area. And it kind of arcs around the back. It looks like it goes in a, like a large, large circle in a way. Mm-hmm. And it's possible that they just that the fence had uh, maybe a. Um, forested area, well, we know it probably had a forested area, but it's possible that in the absence of maintenance, the parts of the fence had been brought down by trees, and that's what brought down the electricity to it, because we get a couple of close-ups of the wiring that kind of links the electrified panels of the um, fencing.
0: Yeah, it's not, um, it's not very well made. You've got the large sort of insulators sticking out from the poles and then the yeah. wires running from one. Like, all you have to do is knock that ins, like, the insulator off the pole and you're going to break the circuit. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. the fences,
0: fences are down. So, as you said, all you need is a tree or branch or... And whether or not, as we discussed last minute, whether or not this was built in 93, whether it was built in 94 after the incident, whether it was built in 99 when Mazaroni returned to the island. Um, mm mm-hmm. If it was built earlier, then we did have the hurricane come through, and there would be trees and debris on the fence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. It also makes I'd, you wonder what's powering <laughs> such a large fence as well.
1: That's yeah. true. Maybe they had its own geothermal power generator or something like that
0: yeah. linking
1: linked to the fence.
0: Yeah. Well even here on the canyon, wind wind turbines would be pretty effective too, with mm-hmm. those, those thermal updrafts and that from the canyon. But Yeah. But also, I suppose the fence itself here—we've got—they um, had several sections that were made, then it was sort of CG'd. The old, uh, the old classic. We'll put a twenty-man army here and make it twenty thousand. <laughs> and just expanding, <laughs> expanding into the into the distance. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, because it is weird. It's sort of this—the fence isn't really straight here in any sections. It's got this permanent curve,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which would make it stronger having that curve in it. But but yeah.
1: From the other side of the fence though we get another a look from the outside as they're running away from the fence and I think that's mostly the um that's mostly the physical part that they actually built on the set part of the fence. Yeah. Something that kinda of feels weird though as you look at the sky and when the Spinosaurus was chasing from the inside, it looked like the sky was kind of dark and overcast, but then they're back <laughs> out and the sky looks sunny and partly cloudy.
0: Yeah, I did notice that too. <laughs> it seems when they are uh, CG'd the Spinosaur and whether the, uh, the the shots they took for the day were different, or mm-hmm. there was a continuity continuity issue there.
1: Oh, yeah,
0: it's also lucky they found this broken section of fence. Like they've the holes punched out two of the large steel crossbeams. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's something big. It's not Compies or a Raptor that have made this hole. Assumingly, it's um. Of have trying to get out and being able to poke a hole if it's snout there before, or um,
1: maybe, or sort of... just another thing of uh, poor maintenance.
0: Yeah, it's there for convenience because we need the, need the two to get through it. But as they, uh, as they all run away from the fence, we get a look at a, um, the observatory for the aviary here. Um, probably our most Jurassic looking building um we mm-hmm. see on sauna period
1: mm-hmm. this was something that i've mentioned before how uh, my friends and i would play like jurassic park in the local forest preserve this was one of those buildings that we would pretend was there because um we had one section that was that looked a lot like the aviary and across from that was like a little pavilion that kind of looked like this There was like a little like a little boathouse in a way And uh, they had canoes, and they had, um, like, a little stadium, I am not stadium, but, like, a little um, stage there that they could play bands and stuff in, and it was nice. I mean, they, it wasn't very well maintained, so they, of course, tore it down, but, yeah, it looked very much, it reminded me very much of this structure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's similar too to a lot of the concept art we got for Jurassic Park. I mean, there's one concept art of the Visitor Center that's very similar in design. Mm-hmm. very very safari looking, which makes me makes me wonder. Well, it definitely puts it in in line with um, being created back in '93 '94 before the cyclone hit. So this wasn't a Maserone um, a Maserani creation, but sort of they got that little viewing tower on top too, which. Mm-hmm haven't really got the detail there, but whether it's a telescope or a crane or something <laughs> up in the top
1: It does almost look like a telescope, I thought the same thing, but there'd be no really no reason to have the telescope there unless it was pointing down into the cannon and not up into the sky.
0: Yeah, but even even then like when we get inside the building itself, the windows aren't straight, they're sort of on that lean sort of roof goes out further than what the floor mm-hmm. does. Um, so you can see down, you think if there's gonna be any sort of viewing Even those um, those quarter binocular magnifying things they have like on the Empire State, and that over those sort of coin-operated things there, like even you'd have something there. But but obviously this is a CG. They never actually built the exterior, unfortunately. But we do have some concept art too of this building with uh, Raptors chasing our uh, survivors to
1: Mm there. Yeah, we do.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, and that's that probably leads more to something else that was originally scripted and either cut for time or just left out completely.
1: No, I was going to say that this was one of those leftovers. They had a, um, originally what chased them into the observatory and into the aviary was raptors chasing them. And so this was kind of something, uh, just a set piece they already had built. And so they I, they were kind of forced to use it
0: yeah yeah they, I it would have been there would have been a lot shorter time between leaving the laboratory the, the lab and getting getting to the aviary um, especially if that overnight stay was part of that as mm-hmm. well where in the morning they would have been chased away from the uh, from the lab by the Raptors and even once they saw it start running, as you were saying before about how much sun air it, is, it does look like it's a lot earlier in the morning here than because you know, cause you've got that fog sort of in the background mm-hmm. in the in the canyon as well. The Spinosaur roars and starts to walk away from the fence, Paul and Amanda take a moment to hug Eric again, and then we suddenly cut back to the fence as the Spinosaur just bursts through it. <laughs> There's no, it's more so the surprise, I suppose, of, of its breaking through the fence, but uh, it, it turned around, it took five steps and just lunged at the fence, so whether it's done this before or not, whether this was just a weak spot or it, uh, it made itself a hole. Mm-hmm. and And as the minute ends we get everyone start running scared for the building because now they're back in danger again
1: and honestly if a if the animal were to try that in real life it would have um kind of like just smashed its entire uh, spinal column off and sadly
0: have died well that's yeah that's the problem if it's it uses its head to push through a couple of the pipes. There's still that steel bar on that that's going to come through and hit its sail. Yeah.
1: well, it does, and with the sail, you can, there's actually a bit of a goof here because you can't see it in some of the screen caps. You have to pause at the right moment, but one of the bars pop off before the sail makes contact. Like it's very, very <laughs> slight, but you can see it.
0: They didn't quite get it timed right. <laughs> no. But, uh, heading over to screen, uh, script and novel comparisons, um, uh, b- b- yeah, we well, in the script because they'd met, met in the jungle clearing, there was no fence, um, Billy sort of arcs out and I want to tell you how sorry I am ab- about the, but he's just cut off and this is about the, uh, Grant having the raptor eggs with him. Grant just tells Billy, I can't talk to you right now, and he walks off and Billy follows. Please, okay, just yell at me, call me an idiot, an asshole, stupid, tell me i screwed up, please, I'd... <laughs> I know, I, I know, I did it, and um, Grant doesn't respond, and uh, and we get the whole thing with Billy here. I thought if we could get the um, get a raptor back to the mainland, we could get serious money for it, enough to fund the digging for ten years, more, whatever it took. And Grant uh, just shakes his head, disgusted, but doesn't stop. And um, Paul says, "You have to." Uh, Billy says. You have to believe me, I did it with the best intentions. That's where we finally get Grant turning on him and some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. You rushed him with no thought to the consequences to yourself or anyone else and then we get a pause and finally you know better than the people that built this place. So the whole dialogue we're going to get in a couple of minutes' time between Grant and Billy, we um, we get that here in the script as they're uh, walking along, the, along mm. the fence trying to find a gap in it. This is all as they're walking through the jungle after just come together. I was
1: gonna say uh, because this conversation completely happens like from two minutes from now, you know.
0: Mm. Yeah, because in the um in the film we don't Billy Grant still doesn't even know he's got the eggs, (laughs) even though Billy's sort of been a bit stern, saying, "Hey, I want my bag back." But um, that's when we cut to the building uh, in the script, but. In the novel, we sort of hear the phone again, the footsteps of the Spinosaur coming out of the jungle. Uh, it doesn't just appear like a ghost. And then everything else is much the same as what we got in the film. Um, we are told the group's running towards a concrete building on the canyon's edge. So, again, more of that concrete, mm-hmm. <laughs> like we uh, like we know from uh, Nublar and the Worker Village. But, uh, David, that's it for 54. Anything else before we get heavy for the day? No, I think we're good. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at lostworldminute.com. The main website is jurassicminutes.wordpress.com. And you can find The Lost World Minutes and Jurassic Minutes over on Facebook with the uh, pages there. David, where are you on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, Twitter, we
1: are at Jurassic Minute. Uh, Instagram is the
0: Jurassic Minutes podcast. Some of the worst things.
1: If we split up, I'm going with you guys. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now, what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more and nothing less. Are you saying that you wouldn't want to get onto Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on Earth or Heaven could get me on that island.
0: You're asking. Hello?
1: Charlie! What? Charlie! Hello? Charlie, take the phone to Mommy now! It's the... it's the DINOSAUR MAN! Okay.